Hey there, fellowship. Welcome to this week's episode. Before we get going, have you heard about Anchor by Spotify? Well, if you have an idea for a podcast and an audience that you think will listen, Anchor by Spotify is the right choice. You can record, you can edit, and you can distribute your podcast to all the major platforms all on your phone or your computer. Everything you need in one place. The Anchor app or anchor.fm. So go to those places right now. Record your voice. We want to hear it. And welcome to this episode of the Pretty Neat Podcast. Dom got an award at school today, Ryan. Aren't you proud of our son? At, at work. I actually, I just got home. I was just there. Uh, depends on the award. So I'll reserve judgment until I hear what wow. <laughs> I got a, Damn, I got an you award earn fucking respect from Ryan <laughs> from uh, the biggest parent group in the district, actually. So, what did you get? Say it again. I just got a, a, a recogn- an annual every year. So big. I was just <laughs> big school <laughs> districts have um, what are called parent action committees, and there's all kinds of different ones. And um, the biggest in that is affiliated with my district. Uh, annually does an awards sort of ceremony kind of towards the end of the year and i was one of the teachers recognized by them uh for being for being excellent i assume yeah yeah that's awesome oh a horn well cool. congratulations you, you I, I believe that you've earned it I, you've never taught me anything professionally you've taught me many things here we go <laughs> outside of your profession uh-huh <laughs> so i can't comment on your uh efficiency at your job but congrats when i am on my game i'm pretty good i have made kids cry i won't say that i haven't um good teachers do but uh when i am on i'm i'm not bad i have to say yeah no Is that one of the benchmarks like how many how many times How many have you kids made a have child you made cry? cry? Yeah. <laughs> um, it, well, here's the thing. My number is more than one, but less than seven. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice. I, a shout out to my high school English teacher, Mr. Carey, Robert yeah, Carey, sure. if he's listening. Yeah. I think his name is Robert. Ryan, I, I know it's Mr. Carey. And mm-hmm. great teacher. Definitely made me cry at least once or twice, whether or not he knows that. But uh, what I, was the he, context around that? How did he make you cry? It's just like calling you out on bullshit, you know? If you if you read if you read a summary of a book in his English class, this was junior year of high school, probably. And uh-huh. if you if you skimmed past something, if you missed a blaring theme or something like that, he'd give you shit for it. He would announce before his tests that if you did not read the book to just trace your hand and draw him a really cool looking turkey. Yeah, hand turkey. Yep. So, Aaron, do you uh, do you make children draw hand turkeys if uh, they fail to complete the assignment? Because you would know, right? You're the one <laughs> handing out the assignment. Are you asking Aaron or me? Did I say Aaron? You did. I meant, yeah. I meant Dom. Well, I same question Dom. could go to Aaron because his answer <laughs> would be a whole lot more weird than mine. <laughs> Maybe hand turkeys or like well, I don't have them draw hand turkeys, but now that I think about it, I probably should. 
and there was just no bullshit. <laughs> and he respected people's drawings. He would give you a grade on the on the drawing. Who thinks that a uh, the yeah. tracing of your hand is an acceptable version of a turkey? Well, I mean, you had to decorate decorate it. <laughs> you had to give it the giblets. Yeah, you had to do everything you could to make it as good of a turkey as possible. You couldn't. That was his point: is you can you can't bullshit through a book, but you can bullshit a fucking turkey. <laughs> okay, so here's the here's like the million dollar qu- question, right? If your bullshit hand turkey was excellent, would you scrape by with a C? Is that was it? Was that a potential? Was that on the table? Or was it like no matter what, you no, fail. No, but D here plus. is <laughs> D plus, which yeah. was which was still failing. Here's some consolation points for your extravagant hand turkey i gave you an alternate assignment (laughs) and on that alternate assignment you get an a but unfortunately i award you zero zero points and may god have mercy on your soul (laughs) a simple wrong would have been just fine we're all dumber here for having listened we're all dumber in no way did your answer resemble a coherent thought we are all dumber for having listened to Uh, it and may god have mercy on your soul (laughs) now if that was your Okay, so the the actual line is. <laughs> Please tell us, Mr. Madison. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic. In... <laughs> wow, Mr. Madison, what you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. (laughs) Welcome to the Pretty Neat Podcast, everyone. (laughs) Where we talk about UFC and other pretty neat things like that. We also talk about... Could it be considered a rational thought is like the rudest thing you could say to someone. A rational thought. So everything that you just said was irrational, meaning that you have an irrational mind. Not oh, only man. do we talk about UFC and pretty neat things, but we're all about keeping people accountable here. We, yeah. we are. You're right. <laughs> yeah, we definitely do. Every uh, Speaking of accountability, I am accountable for welcoming everyone to the show. Welcome to the Pretty Neat Podcast. My name is Aaron. So happy to have you here with me just then was ryan who is uh, ryan because yes. your name is pronounced aaron so i am ryan i like uh, very it. similar similar to rayon but uh, i'm not a fabric that's true yeah you're not <laughs> now i'm just waiting for dom to come in because this is what dom, dom saves the day with every last every week was a two-man banger episode for oh my sure. god oh my god and unfortunately uh paul craig wasn't here to hear it so yeah 413th time he's said no to coming on the show 413 413th consecutive i don't know (laughs) yeah yeah there was just some technical difficulties last week everyone so we missed an episode so sorry you can imagine it though 
You can imagine yeah. it. You really can. You can. And if you can't, you can visualize the Pretty Neat Podcast yourself at thepretyneatpodcast.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go there. Hit the mailbag. We like to hear from you. You can follow us on the socials. Ah, what a week. I have been enthralled by Tough and reading about the Tough cast. And by Tough, I mean The Ultimate Fighter Season 31 with Conor McGregor and Michael Chandler. Um, I don't know if you wanted to talk about anything else right off the bat, but I wanted to talk about this. So this well, doesn't shit, premiere I mean... until May, is that right? Yeah, that's, that's right. May 30th on ESPN+. Plus. But here's the thing that's interesting about it. It not that it's half bantamweights and half lightweights, which is cool with the weight classes, but half of the fighters in each of them are UFC veterans. So on the bantamweight side, Hunter, Cody, Brad, and Timur have all had four fights in the UFC already. And for each or total? For each. Yeah, okay. Hunter Azure's name stands out to me. I've seen that name before. The yeah, one I re- feel like I recognize is Austin Hubbard. Uh, Austin Hubbard is also, yeah, Austin Hubbard on the lightweight side. Kurt Holabaugh, Jason Knight, who went to BKFC and had two victories there. And Roosevelt Roberts was just in the UFC um, and got cut. So I have a theory that Conor McGregor is going to lead UFC veterans making a comeback like him. And Michael Chandler is going to be coaching the rising stars. Okay. Well, that seems very plausible yep let's just say that roosevelt roberts he's a good fighter he so is they're not really do good the picks thing is what you're saying yeah i don't think they're gonna do the picks okay and that would track with the whole like connor's getting his guys added to the roster or to the to the show's roster anyway sort of story we've heard right yeah well i mean who are who are connor's guys in this list hey hey he has guys <laughs> I'm not uh, doubting I, that he has guys. I'm just saying, who are the guys? <laughs> I I don't actually know. I think that's Katona? been the story, right? Brad hey, let's, Katona. Let's do a search for who are Connor's guys. Brad's He's from Ka- Canada, which is basically Western Ireland, right? And Brad Katona won won tough, if I recall correctly. One of the guys he, was a tough winner, and he's back on the show. This How the fuck do you win tough, and you're back on another iteration of tough? That's what happened. I have to look at it. But yeah, Brad. Oh, Katona's you know what? Coming. You're right. This guy wore glasses. Yep. This yeah, guy is was, a nerd. He's and a total I was, nerd. I was rooting for this guy. Yeah. He's a super, super good, cool guy. I'm glad he's coming back. Uh, but I think he's the one who either won tough or like got to the finals. I think mm-hmm. he went pretty far. I, I remember that distinctly. Uh, that in the house, he just was very reserved. Wore glasses. Not that glasses is an indication that you're a nerd, as we're all wearing glasses. Yeah, it went with his his nickname though for Superman because he was really Clark Kentish outside of the mm. ring. Yeah, but Clark Kent is the disguise, right? In the Clark Kent Superman discussion, like is he Brandon Katona or is he Superman? <laughs> I guess you see on the night. And I mean, he went, uh, he was, uh, what was his rank? He was two and two in the UFC. So, yeah, I, I, I love this cast though. I love that they brought back, uh, some, some other talent. I like those kind of comeback stories. Also, the ages of the fighters are dramatically higher. Like the youngest fighter this season is 27. 
Wow. And the oldest is 36, which is Kurt Hollabaugh and Rico Disculio. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Makes hmm. me a little more excited for the season. I'm that... definitely excited for it. Yeah. You probably couldn't have picked two better coaches, right? In no. terms of entertainment value? Just no. like where they are in their careers. It's kind of the stars have aligned here for sure. Yeah. I very much agree. Agree. What else happened over the weekend? I feel like there was something else. Wasn't there another sport thing? No. No? Okay. Boxing? No. No. Uh, Jake Paul lost, but we talked about that. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah. And if there was boxing, we wouldn't know because they're terrible at promoting themselves. <laughs> um, yeah. No, no major golf, really. The Arnold Palmer, which is always fun, but... And is in Orlando where Ryan was. How was Orlando? Uh, balmy, as you would expect. Uh, Mid-80s uh, for the entirety of my stay, which was largely spent 85% indoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, jam-packed with work stuff. Did get to go out to a very cool um, tiki bar called Aku Aku. Uh, very similar to another name that you all may be uh, familiar with. <laughs> Um, which is apparently like one of the very first tiki bars, uh, that were, that was opened, but the original location was in Vegas. Uh, but it was cool. Um, I had a drink called the Fu Manchu, which was a rum drink infused with a lot of ginger. So it was quite spicy Mm. and I enjoyed it. Um, and then downstairs because in Orlando they have basements. Yep. Um, was a Vegas theme bar, but Vegas in the 60s and 70s. Says uh, 1958, the Stardust Casino. Yeah. That's where the original Aku Aku was. This yes, is cool. That, yeah. It was a it was a smaller place, but it was a good vibe. And they were selling some tiki mugs, which I didn't purchase. Uh, but they had a signature drink that was off menu, very similar to like what In N Out does, called the Tiger Fucker. Okay. Let me stop you. <laughs> we can say it's off menu. <laughs> but if you go to their website in about halfway down in big white letters on a light <laughs> teal background, home of the tiger fucker in all caps. <laughs> did you order one? Uh, two of my counterparts ordered a tiger fucker. I did not because it's not a drink. Oh, it's a shooter. Oh, I wouldn't. have. Well, and I was like, no, I'm, I just got here. I'm operating on four hours of sleep. I've spent the entire day traveling. I'm not going to do shooters. Much okay. to the chagrin of everyone that I was with. Okay. So, I mean, listen, we all know you should have done it, but it is what it is. <laughs> In mm-hmm. hindsight, you know, to say that I, I did a tiger fucker, you know, that lasts yeah. forever, right? Um but literally, like, I had spent the previous day up since 6 o'clock in the morning, didn't get home until 11, all day at Disneyland, slept remember. for four hours. <laughs> yeah, I remember. Because I was documenting my entire experience at the at the mm-hmm. behest of one dog. <laughs> hey, send we, us pictures. Hey, in the, in, no, I said send pics. In the <laughs> last episode, we gave you your full credit. You did. It was of? dramatic. 
of, of how sending picks. of how well played that was. Yeah. And the level of commitment to commit to what ultimately ended up being nearly a 14 hour, like semi practical joke <laughs> was uh, send picks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> was, and, and the fact that for... it took me until about 6 p.m. to understand what was going on says more about me than it does about you. I'll say that. What, uh, what, what do you, what's going on here? Well, you said send, send pics. So I'm documenting everything that's happening now. Yeah. Meanwhile, we waited till the very last second to get your picks for 285. Yeah. Ryan, you're yeah. going to make picks? I'm like, oh, shit. Let me scribble some stuff on a, on a, uh, <laughs> on a, a screenshot which in hindsight i have to go back and look and see how i did but um, we went three for five or four for five depending on how you score the um, well no 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 sorry well because uh, we had jalen turner we and did we had lost Shev- a split and we had shevchenko and she and got choked mm-hmm. out we had both gone and john jones so yeah. Three for five or two for five, depending on how you figure mm-hmm. we did on the main event. Yeah, hmm. yeah, it was a fun card, and I'm looking. It was forward. a fun card. Yeah, Super I'm looking fun. forward to talking about it. <laughs> did you have a favorite like moment from UFC 285, Dom? Yeah, me. Yeah, of course I did. What was it? You know what it was. Was it seeing greatness from John Jones and Bo Nickel and Bo Nickel? And if you think, okay, how long are we going? It was cool to see Cody Garbrandt not get absolutely obliterated. I'll say that. (laughs) Um, How long are we going to pretend he doesn't do the same thing to everybody at middleweight? I just want to know how long. I don't know, bro. Yeah. What, like, what do you what do you not know? I don't know what we're what we're saying in terms of absolute, you know, this the absolute nature of the statement that he does this to everyone at middleweight. Okay. Because let, let's face it, Jamie Pickett was set up to be a sacrificial lamb. Total Nor, tomato, right? Game. Yeah. Here you go. You're gonna get beat. He got submitted in round one, mm-hmm. and. The thing was, it went immediately to the ground. Beautiful takedown. Yes. There is an argument to be made that Bo Nickel was like just so dogged in chasing that head and arm triangle choke, but his positioning was so bad. Because he knew it didn't need to be any better. It was so bad. I'm Cliff, the immortal Cliff, was that was over at my home uh because of John Jones, essentially. Mm-hmm. Because as, as well he should have been. to fight. It's like, I might come over. I was like, you're more than welcome. Please bring more beer. Um, well, well, I, so, you know, the al- I have really cut back on alcohol so far this year. And uh, I did not on Saturday. <laughs> Good. Well, the, the, the please bring more beer is more in like, if, if Cliff is coming over, I have to look at what I have available and be like, that's not enough for two for two men um of our size and stature but anyway uh (laughs) it was a great fight bo nickel great on the mic i think he should immediately get somebody top 15 top 10 ish okay but i am concerned right and this is a minimal concern but it is a concern that his 
dependence upon using the takedown and then immediately going for submission may not translate so well for the upper echelon of the division for people that can defend that. Okay. Now, at the very tippy top, we know that Israel Adesanya can't really defend wrestling, right? Okay. Against Jan. We know what Bo does to Stylebender. Yeah, he takes him yes. down. He 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 dominates him. He would most likely do the same to uh, Alex Alex yeah. Pajeda. Yeah. Are are we going to jump right into the ladder with Bo Nickel? Do we have to do that? Do we have to climb the ladder with Is Bo? Is there anything on the undercards plural even worth talking about? Uh, let's. I want to. Let's see. Uh, yes. Yeah. Let Let's get to it. So, all right, we'll get back to Bo Nickel. Sorry, yeah, but I'm excited gonna, to talk about him. I am excited too, and that's why we're going to climb the ladder. Uh, the first fight was a banger, went to decision, but it was yep. a banger. That one could have got it. That one could have been a stoppage, right? At some point, if it it could have been yeah. followed up. Farid uh-huh. Basharat looked really good. Yep, that was also awesome. Tabitha Ricci mauled Jessica Penne. Mm-hmm. Um. Cameron Samen, geez, lost two that guys. Got to learn to follow the rules. Yeah, he does. Lost two <laughs> points, man. You can't. He's do a that. really good fighter, but that shit will, mm-hmm. like, yeah, absolutely not. Yeah, you you just can't do it. Uh, and then, what did you think about Ian Gary and Song Keenan? Um, I like the fact that he turned it on. That he was really engaging in the third round mm-hmm. and was imploring the crowd. I mean, I, I think if you're Irish by nature, you're very charismatic. So yeah. he, he's got <laughs> that on the side. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I still I still ask him some concerns about me too. His his too. ability against uh upper echelon competition. Even though he's very tall for welterweight, I feel like his frame is very slight. Mm-hmm. So yep. I wonder what that's gonna look like against a really dominant wrestler. Like yeah. you could just say, "Hey, what does he look like against Kamara?" Well, he looks like he's on the ground getting it, his face. That's, yeah. What are we? What are we talking? Come yeah. on. Yeah. Not at all. And he um he he talks about being like the the new best striker in the UFC. No. And no, he's a very good striker, and and you can tell that he focuses on it, and that's his preferred art form. He has to work on blocking because yeah. he took that one shot in the first round and i thought it was over <laughs> hmm. uh and is I just... he like the best striker who's been featured on this year's early prelims maybe hmm. yeah but we've got to, we've got to squint a lot to get to any to anything where he's the best at anything much less striking i mean that's that's just silly yeah yeah so that was the early prelims Still fun, fun way to kick it off. Then you had middleweights Julian Marquez and Marc Andre Barrio. What did you think of this mm-hmm. one, Ryan? It was awesome. Uh, power bar, right? He proved it with his cardio again. That's why he has the nickname Power Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, Julian Marquez looked pretty dynamic early, mm-hmm. uh, but just couldn't keep that pace. And mm-hmm. he looks like at middleweight, he's you would say like you look at his frame you're like well he's got a lot of musculature Mm -hmm. so is that his natural frame or is he just putting on a lot of muscle and as a result he loses some of that cardio whereas mark andre barrio he just looks that's him like a pretty natural middleweight so 
it, it made a lot of sense in how it transpired. Again, Julian Marquez could have won that fight in the in the early stages of the of of round one, but that tank once it got beyond well, once it got beyond that, he 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 gassed out. Yep, yeah, he thoroughly did. Uh man, Vivian Arujo, Arujo, I always get it backwards, man. And Amanda Hebas, that was a great fight. This it was, was an way. interesting fight. I feel like we talked a little bit about Amanda Hebas on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she has some fighter in common of other fighters we were talking about, right? Uh, I don't we remember. Talking, we were talking about someone. Uh, I don't. I well, don't remember. Didn't she fight Alexa Grasso? Maybe. I don't. I don't see that on her fight history. It must have been someone, though. And then I was thinking maybe Tatiana Suarez, but that's not on here either. So no. I don't I don't know. Uh she lost to Chikagian last, but she yeah. beat she beat John DeRoba, although John DeRoba hasn't seen the scorecards yet. Um <laughs> she beat Get her. Rod- Rodriguez. Uh she beat Van Zant. Oh, and she beat Amanda Marcos as well. She's, she's yeah, I can't really pick out who who we could have been thinking about, but so she somehow went down in straw weight and went up in flyweight well she yeah. wasn't ranked in flyweight now yeah she this is. fight was in flyweight yeah yeah okay yeah oh man the Drickus duplessis fight and derek brunson yeah i don't i don't know how derek brunson wasn't able to finish that fight i don't either man he had him he had him mm-hmm. yep and that's been a common theme with Drickus, is he gets himself in trouble he mm-hmm. looks like he's gassed the fuck out and he still figures out a way to win. Yeah. Uh, but I have, I, I think he is, he's got a ceiling on him and, and he's, he's not, not unless something dramatically changes in the way that he fights or his ability to fight at a better pace. Um, yeah. He's, he's not, he could probably make top five. I mean, he's number six right now. Yeah, middleweight. But, yep, yeah. he just jumped to number six. So we're gonna should be he be who about... Bo fights? I was literally about to say that might not be crazy. That's <laughs> not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Oh, uh, and then Trevin Jones lost a decision to Cody Garbrandt, but it was still a great fight. That was a fun, a fun war. Uh, Cody, like Cody, Cody had almost forty got total strikes, yeah. landed thirty three of them, twenty six significant. Um, 14 to 15 to the body, four four to the legs. He actually had more control time. Um, I'm totally mistaking this fight for another fight. This was, I was gonna say, this was not really a good fight, it was kind of boring. Um, I don't really know where Cody goes from here. I don't either. I don't think he's anywhere near the top 15. No, he's not. If, If you look at the top 15, like. The people from 10 to 15 eat them alive. Ricky Simone or Simon, depending on Dom's pronunciation, <laughs> destroys you. him, right? Umar. Yeah. Come on. New, that, that, that's not happening. Umar, Nurma, no, not, Umar, gonna happen. Umar, no, <laughs> yeah. not going to happen. Umar, no, not going to happen. Nurma, Nurma, not going to That's not going to happen <laughs> for, for Cody. Adrian Yanez. Aaron's favorite Aaron's fighter. Favorite fighter. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my dude! If Aaron, if Adrian Yanez fought for an interim belt, Aaron would. 
I don't know what I would do. I fellas. almost said something really inappropriate and pulled back. Aaron would have a tough time. He needs some alone time for that. <laughs> yeah. The the world better hope my pants were on. Otherwise, right. there's a big mess. <laughs> yeah, a different type uh, of storm, uh, if you will. Chris. <laughs> uh, good. Chris Gutierrez. <laughs> good. Good. Chris yeah. Gutierrez just beat uh, uh, our boy from uh, Frank Yeager, right? Did mm-hmm. Yeah. Retire Frank Yeager. He did. He did. And then Jack Shore, uh, Welsh's best kept secret. He Wales. is not the best kept secret of Wales. No? No. What is the best kept secret of Wales? Prince Harry's real bad. <laughs> I was going to say who, who killed Princess Di. Uh, James <laughs> Hewitt. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, hey, Aaron, okay. Aaron, Google James Hewitt. Why? <laughs> How long are we going to For fun. How long are we going to pretend? No, no, no. Give me some images. Come on. That's a cavalry officer work. in the British Come on. Army. Come on. Give me some images. I don't know how to internet. I need him. I need him. He disclosed hey, an affair hey, with Princess hey. Diana. How long are we going to pretend... That's not Prince Harry's dad. Look at that fucking guy. What are we talking? What are you talking about? Of course it is. <laughs> of course it is. Also, the queen had her killed. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's fucking dark, but I mean, they look very similar. <laughs> they really do. Hey, oh my I know this guy. Who I look just like, and by the way, I don't look anything like my brother or my alleged dad. I know this guy who I look just like had an affair with my mom, but he's <laughs> not my real dad. Okay. Uh, come there on. we go. Come now on. we have welcome That's to the Wales's best kept secret. <laughs> I mean, sorry, Jack Shore. <laughs> I I see the point. Sorry, Jack, but <laughs> fuck. I mean. The proof uh, is in the pudding. God, what so are we? Speak. Fifteen minutes into this thing, we've already gotten there. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, that's that's the show. Yeah. What do you want? That to is do? that is TPMP in a nutshell. Yep. <laughs> Join the fellowship. Go to the website. Sign up. I don't think you can sign up anywhere, but you can email us stuff. <laughs> you know what? Sign up. We'll take yeah. your information. Yeah. <laughs> sign we'll up. See what happens. Jack we... Shore is fighting in two weeks. Actually, uh, Amir Khani. San Antonio. Ooh, he's gonna mess up Americani. Yeah, yeah, he is. Makwan. The but the the more serious point is Cody Garbrandt is not in these guys' league. So yeah, Cody Garbrandt is still fighting. Like relatively speaking, he's in the UFC, so he's a very good fighter. But in terms of top fifteen talent at the bantamweight division, he's not there, and that's unfortunate nope. because I think we all have a an affinity. For Cody Garbrandt, we do, mm-hmm. and I think it's really mature of us to understand that he's just not that guy anymore. Yeah, he's so not like that Frank, guy. It's like Frankie. A couple fights ago, he yeah. is most known for that performance against Dominic Cruz. I know the tough stuff and the the TJ Dillashaw stuff, but that performance against Dominic Cruz, which was 2016, um, that was Nunez Rousey. So Dominic Cruz is still ranked seventh and it's 2023. Just yeah. saying. Yeah. Damn. Well, Dominic Cruz also He's not the seventh best bantamweight, but no, but he's also 
a name mm-hmm. and still relatively competitive. I think in comparison to Cody Garbrandt, if they were to fight again today, Dominic would wipe the floor with him. You think so? Cheeto and Do- Cheeto's fighting Dominic in two weeks. What? You know, like, that's not right. Who's very no Sanhagen? Sorry, yeah, yeah. Cheeto's not fighting Dominic because that already was happened. Because that already happened. He kicked him in the face. <laughs> yeah, he uh, kicked him in the goddamn face. Sorry, Hard. I was being a Nostradamus right there. My fault. You're never a Nostradamus. Don't ever say that about yourself. Have some respect <laughs> for myself. <laughs> yeah, have, have some respect, man. You should have, respect yourself. I have uh, all of it. Um, damn, man, that takes us into the middleweight. Yeah. First Bo tickle fight. my pickle nickel. <laughs> I'm gonna nickel. be honest, I'm torn on the pickle thing. No. <laughs> it's so, just I mean, a little on the nose. I think Bo works well enough. Yeah. Just be Bo. Bo? Just Bo? Ram Bo yeah. Nickel. <laughs> Rambo. Oh, that's, that's better. Good. <laughs> I, I was my... gonna say Bo nose. Rochambo. Oh, that's not bad. There's some rock, paper, scissors. Like, how do you want to get beat? <laughs> Rochambeau. Rock, rock, paper, uh, paper, or scissors? Rambo uh, is good, but Bo on its own just works, and he works as a fighter, and once they have better Bo Nickel, like, merch, I'm going to buy a shirt, because he's my new he's my new guy. Yeah, I like you it. Like you like your, your fan of the, the power ginger? I, you know, um... I think he's the best 185 on the planet. There, I said it. Ooh, shit. Fuck, we went all the way in. Yeah, yeah. And do you know why? You just shoved right into the Dom Dome. Do you know who is a better? Yeah, we're, this is not Dom Dome. We just went there with yeah. you know, Prince Harry's real dad. Um, <laughs> well, that's just like a known fact. Okay. Well, really, let's we're gonna cover everything you're gonna say in climbing the ladder, right? Yeah, kind of. Then the re recap this fight. He submitted Jamie Pickett, and that was cool. But say what you were gonna say. Why? Why? Why is Bo Nickel before we even climb the ladder? Why is Bo Nickel the greatest middleweight in the UFC? No, he's not the greatest middleweight. He's the best right now. Okay. Mm. Um, okay. Well, okay. It's it's good to clarify things. Yeah, it's, yeah it's he's not the greatest one eighty five of all time yet. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's still Anderson Silva, right? Probably. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Or Stylebender. Yeah, start. Uh, I'd no, put the defenses with defenses. So I mean, it depends on how you quantify it, right? We can get into that fucking argument, but anyway, yeah. Like in terms of honestly, like no, let's have the fucking argument. Okay. Stylebender won in dramatic fashion against uh, Kelvin Gastelum. That's probably his best performance in the UFC. Stylebenders. Yeah, it was dramatic. That was a dramatic fight. His his win against Whitaker, which Whitaker said in after the fact that he rushed in and made a mistake. Okay, that's gonna happen. His win against Paulo Costa doesn't really live up after you know in, in historical terms because Paulo Costa seems to be a fucking head case, and then everything <laughs> seems else is, to be seems to be is a head case. I'm sorry, I'm hedging. 
<laughs> I'm hedging. You don't want to bump uh, into him one day. That's not a bet you want to lose. Like, nah, yeah, man. We have a lot you, of listeners. You, he hears you're, this. You're a head case, Paulo. I'm sorry. <laughs> you want to have a bottle of wine with me? Um, and then everything else has been a decision. Uh, well, he went to a decision with Calvin Gasolin. Yeah, yes, oh, but that after was Bobby that Knuckles. was a dramatic fight. Like there were real stakes there. Um, no, Bobby Knuckles was after the gasoline fight. I know that was. No, I'm talking to Aaron. Yeah, and I'm saying that Bobby Knuckles was his last finish. Um, he knocked out Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa, Costa afterwards. Vittori was a decision. So was Cannoneer. Whitaker, and technically he did not go to decision with Pajeda. So Silva, Silva, Uh just has more. He has more title defenses against better competition. Then yeah, that's fair. Longer and I would say term. that he 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 went up and down between 185 and 205 mm-hmm. more. Um, is he's only done it the one time and he lost. And it was I, I, I get close. that. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. Anderson's gone up and been competitive. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel climbing not a ladder ranked. He's not currently ranked. What we do on Climb the Ladder, we just look at the top 15 in that division and we put our our, our prospect up against them all. Number 15, Kelvin Gastelum. Speaking Bonicle. of. Yeah. Submission. Is, submission, Bo Nickel submission. submits him. Bo Nickel. It's done. It's over. I do think this would probably be um, a fun tank. I don't think he'd put, I don't think he'd submit him right away. So you're you're not wrong because I, I think there'd like be more grappling. Plays up to his level of competition. He's like mm-hmm. the Lakers in yep. many respects. How that dare you? <laughs> As a Laker fan, I I am just being honest. Hey, at least their best player is not carrying around a gun out of nowhere multiple times on Instagram. Moran, what the fuck? Are I'm you looking doing? at you, John Moran. All you have to do is not do that. You'll make a half a billion dollars and be the best player that particular city has ever had. All you have to do. Is, is not do that. Don't bring a gun anywhere you go. Pay someone to carry it for you. Yes. And yes. he's like, nah, I want the gun. Uh, my ego says I must carry and this do you gun. know what, Ryan? Yeah. I would trade the Lakers' whole roster for him right now. <laughs> Even with a 50-game suspension that's likely coming. Likely coming. <laughs> hey. Or how long are we going to pretend they're not going to cover that up so that they don't have to give him a 50-game suspension? All right, right. That's the bigger story, right? <laughs> but anyway, I texted right, so... my. I have a, a coworker who's a in in quotes Warriors fan. Um, oh. And so on so Sunday, I was like, fan? "Yes, for sure." I was like, "Hey, what are you and all your Warriors fan friends going to get Anthony Davis for Father's Day?" Because three times in a row, he's turned you guys into his little boy and Ew. bent you over and spanked you for being naughty. And I don't mean that in like an awesome sexual way. No, no, no. Yeah, just punishment. I mean it like Steph Curry has to give Anthony Davis his house now. <laughs> uh, that was also a fun, fuck Steve Kerr. That was a fun. fun Whoa. Aside. Yeah, no, I don't like Steve Kerr. Oh, okay. <laughs> Shut up and coach. Yeah, I understand. Okay. What about? Oh, Chris? I have three of the best players on earth, three of the top five, and then Draymond, who's top fifteen, and like a perfect supporting cast based on circumstances that have nothing to do with me. And I won these titles because Kevin Durant happened to come here. I'm such a good co- Fuck you. I could have coached that team. Here's how you do it. Hey, hey, 
those four guys get the ball every play. <laughs> <laughs> but but coach, what? No 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 no. <laughs> those four guys get the ball every play. Are we clear? Yeah. There, I just coached that era of Warriors basketball. Oh my God, you're simplifying the. Oh, that. oh, there's only one ball. More than two. There's only one They're ball. So advanced. You They're, can see so analytical many statistical model. They figured out that three is more than two. They're fucking geniuses. Get the fuck out of here. That's part of it, but that's the entire league. But also, Not their ball movement is is <laughs> is fantastic at the peak of where their powers are, and even with Steph Curry being a defensive liability. They are defensively sound. They mm-hmm. Steph Curry is more than a defensive liability. They lucked into the two best shooters who have ever walked the face of the earth. And that's why they were good. And then they got Kevin Durant. That's why they were good. The Minnesota Timberwolves selected only... two point guards before Steph Curry in that draft. They only two. They only won one championship with Kevin Durant. You're not they won count- two, sir. Two? Okay. Yeah. And then they only lost because he blew out his Achilles and Clay Thompson blew out his ACL to the Kawhi Raptors. Yeah, if those Kawhi. two guys are healthy, they stomp that team. Kawhi is uh for a San Diego San Diego State alum, like yeah. let's just say Kawhi not as good as you think. I have been on that train for as long as I can remember. <laughs> All right, let's get back to UFC. Yeah, now, right. in 2019, was I furious when he didn't sign with the Lakers <laughs> when we traded for Anthony Davis? Yes, yeah, guys, I was. Of course, of course. Because you if he's your third best player, man, that's a good. That's a good Ooh. third best player. Ooh. When he's not injured. Hang on, let me. I Who also, you know, would play with a another number one player or number two, Anthony Davis, who's injury prone. So I would probably be potentially really frustrated with that. Hey, what did I do to you? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm As I watch a... Anthony Davis hit a three over somebody from Memphis now. Be accountable, Dom. <laughs> Anthony Davis is injury prone. Say otherwise. Yeah, so. Says <laughs> so Anderson Silva. All right. Let's talk about your favorite ginger. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Bo, Action man, Bo, Chris Curtis. Action man. Come on. Chris Curtis. He's, he's going to dominate him. Chris dominate. Curtis has an outside chance of catching him with a left hook. No, he doesn't. Coming in. Hey, nope. Outside. Stop it. Outside chance. Be accountable. <laughs> There's an outside chance. What would the line be? Alexa Grasso to win by submission in the fourth round was a plus yeah. 4,500. Yeah. And it happened. Look at that bet. Oh, my God. But she won that and she got the submission because of her tape study. Yeah. 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 She did. All right. On three. But, on three. but actually, man, that's so true. It's so true. Why are you laughing? Tape study. She said, okay. It. She yeah. said tendencies. it. Yeah. Tendencies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tendencies. tendencies with what is already a world class level of ability that Alexa oh, Grasso she has. has yeah. She has an amazing game. Yep. Right? Yeah. Right. She's super well rounded. She's underrated in terms of what she can do. That nobody that... thought she would be able to submit her. Yeah. We'll get back to that. Did, she also yeah. saved a lot of tape. Yes, she did. Now you know who beat Alexa Grasso one time. Uh, Aaron, your Blanche. girl, Tatiana girl. Suarez. Tatiana Suarez beat. Yes, she did. By well, submission in the first round. Mm-hmm. But bro, Tatiana's going back down to one fifteen. Oh shit! Straw I don't weights. know what women's flyweight divisions and strawweight weights are. I don't know. When, I don't. I don't understand it. Flyweight is the same for men and women. I'm not saying <laughs> it's not. Okay. <laughs> and 115 is straw 
And right. we don't have an atom weight. And we don't have atom cool. weight in the UFC. Yeah, one is that one of five? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about Andre Muniz? We just saw him. So that's a, interesting because no, he's not. well, he was a very big touted prospect in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu wizard, mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. then got submitted by Brendan Allen, who's number twelve. Yeah. Okay, well, then let's so combine those. I don't. I don't. So that's bone nickel, bone nickel. Keep going. And both of you know it. Don't. Don't. No. And, and believe gonna... me, one of you is getting called to the rug, to the curtain, called to the no, to the carpet, called to the, the carpet, carpet. The, the carpet. Yeah, yeah. One of you is getting called to the carpet pretty soon. I think you know which one of you it is. Maybe. I just hope you're ready to apologize. Uh... <laughs> Let, uh, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Nasruddin Imamov. Yeah. But he just lost. Yep. Just lost. Jack Hermanson so, just lost to Roman Delice. I, uh, I am I am intrigued by Roman Delice. And so Aaron, you I'll were, say you I were am hinting too. on that. I am yep. too. Yep. You were, you were hinting on that because you were hovering your cursor over Roman's name. Thank right? you. Yep. Roman, Roman. Roman is interesting. That's an interesting contest for Bo. So remember, Roman's last win, he had this amazing choke where he just laced his legs to get leverage and then mm-hmm. choked a guy out in a position where the defender thought he was safe. Yeah. Yeah. That is very interesting. But I tend to agree, actually. I'm mm-hmm. glad you do. If I'm being accountable, I do <laughs> think Bo wins, but I think that's a tougher matchup than a lot of the other guys in this division. Okay. Let's really, really talk this out because this is the crux, as the climbers say. By the way, side point. Have you watched the HBO Max show, The Climb? No. No. Oh. <laughs> if you're a fan of like rock climbing. I swear to God, I was I, I thought you were gonna say, you know, if you're if you're like a freestyle <laughs> rock climbing head, like so just you then. <laughs> or, or, or anyway, <laughs> go on. <laughs> Anyway, it's it's fun, but the crux is what they define that what they define as the most difficult position in the progress of the climb. So if they hit the crux, okay. obviously by de- by definition, they get over that. The is rest it a competition is, show or is it just about these savages? It's a competition show that see a straight up slate rock and think I'm going up that without a rope, <laughs> like. Uh, not without a rope because okay. it's not free climbing. They also well. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not. Another, I'm not balls deep in the climbing game. <laughs> another sidebar. They do free climb, but it's over water. It's called free water soloing. Cool. Yeah, hitting the water from 500 feet up will still kill you. So, uh, so most of this takes place in uh, Spain and Portugal, where the the host lives. He's one of the most well-renowned professional climbers. Um, I'm not Alex Arnold. He's the only climber I know. Uh, if you were to tell me or ask me what his name was, I couldn't tell you. Okay. I mm-hmm. do know that Jason Momoa is the producer of the show and he shows up in the finale because he's also an avid climber. And uh, when Aquaman gets involved, I'm fucking down. Hey. <laughs> Aqu- uh, uh, fucking Jason Momoa or Bo Nickel. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Back to Bo Nickel. Bo Nickel. Roman, Roman, sure. Roman Delice. <laughs> yeah. I just Roman Delice can use manages distance really well. Roman Delice, I would say, way better striker. 
yeah. stylistically a tough fight for Bo. That'd be really Very scary tough. for Bo. Yeah. He, he has shown himself to be capable on the ground. Now, we don't know, because there's levels to the game, whether or not Bo Nickel is just going to be like, hey, fuck Roman Delice. I'm <laughs> going to tap him out inside of one round. Yeah. But then again, if Roman Delice can defend the takedown, I'm concerned for Bo Nickel on the feet because he's yep. unproven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 an interesting one. That's where this starts. Well, and the fuck the fuck well, not really the fucked up thing, but I guess the kind of reasonable thing here is Roman Delice is very much a prospect. There are less intriguing matchups ahead of Roman Delice for me. Like, I don't think Derek Brunson or nope. Sean Strickland. Nope. Or Drickus. Would See, really the thing is, problem. though, with, with Sean Strickland, it really depends on which Sean Strickland shows up. I suppose that that's true. The Sean Strickland that beat the shit out of Jack Hermanson mm-hmm. could could give Bo problems because that was just expert jabbing, and Sean is always throwing. And Sean's not afraid, nope. and he's kind of a bully. So Yep. There's yeah. those aspects to it. That would be a, like a hero-villain fight which would be a fun one. I think the pressers leading up to that would be good. If Bo Nickel, who says he's a main event pay-per-view fighter, ever headlines a fight night before he's a top contender, Sean Strickland would be my pick for that. I think Hmm. that Strickland versus Nickel would be a a very interesting headliner. I think the way it's going, Adesanya is going to be a fight night headliner, so maybe they can do Bo Nickel with him. Yeah, maybe shit. Um, but I don't yeah, think he I has... said it. What do you think about Brunson, Sean to Because I don't think he a Paula even not even no, Marvin. Not Paulo. Paulo is one fight away from getting, getting out of his cut. contract and going yeah. to the PFL. Yeah, he is. Where he will be the one eighty five champ. Yeah, definitely. And 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 just, you know, collect a million dollar paycheck every yep. season. As well he should. I am intrigued about the Mar- Marvin Vittori fight. That's where it really gets interesting for me. That no, aggression, not for you, Dom. Not no. at all. Oh, that not aggression all. is pretty pretty intense, actually. No. Marvin Vittori has amazing cardio. Yeah, you cannot you cannot dispute that. No. Now he he's definitely not as good of a wrestler, but he's pretty good everywhere. Yeah, he's and pretty... again, that comes into question is the unknown for for Bo is what can he do outside of just shooting a double leg? We don't know yet. Yeah, it's hard to judge with those uh, Dana White's Contender Series fighters because those guys were not. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different level of competition. Yeah, And like his first MMA fight, his pro, first pro fight was a knockout in the first round. It was like... All of his fights have kind of ended in the first round, so, correct? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But I so, guess, okay... Jared Cannonier, Bobby Knuckles, Stylebender. I think Stylebender is like his easiest fight. I tend to agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's one where, where we kind of look at the upper echelon of the top 15 and you go, well, shit, he just fucks up Israel. Yeah, yeah, he does. I think he fucks up Jared. He fucks up Israel. I think Robert Whitaker and Alex Pajeda are the two bigger challenges. And I think Robert Whitaker is a bigger challenge than Alex Pajeda. I agree. I, I think agree on that. He's I way too well rounded. You is you took the words right out of my mouth. You don't he feel is, like he's too small? No. 
He is I might small. even play Bo to his would advantage. have such a height and reach advantage. So no, he, I don't, he not is on smaller. The ground, it doesn't. Like Robert Whitaker is not getting to 170, but he's not like one of these gigantic 185. But he's not going to 205. No. He, no. Yeah. Like yeah. I was going to say, Alex Bejeda could go to 205 right now and beat yeah. the fuck out of Jamal Hill for what it's worth. Probably. Yes. Yeah. Why? Why do you say probably? Because oh, you're getting called to the carpet. Because I don't think Jamal Hill's so going to be the champion when Alex Beharda moves out. Yeah, Yuri could beat him for sure. <laughs> exactly. Yuri could beat him. Yes. Yeah. I, was gonna I say, don't Yuri see Alex fighting Jamal. But Jamal versus Alex is that's a is, nightmare for Jamal. Yeah, I think that's equal footing. If I'm being totally honest. What? Yeah, uh, maybe because of the size. You think Jamal Hill is the dude. type of striker Pajeda is? Jamal Hill's striking accuracy is way underrated. So underrated. We need you need to God, take that what into he did account. to Johnny Walker. <laughs> you need to take that into account. Testify. <laughs> he made him praise. Well, it's lower than Pajeda's. I I think I still think Bobby Knuckles though is the biggest challenge for Bo in the whole division. Granted, Jamal Hill has attempted way more strikes than Pajeda has, but it's still five percent lower. Yeah. Oh man, he so lands. Um, well, he lands well, say that five percent sure. lower, but the volume is way higher. Yeah, that's fair. Means that the gap is much smaller than you think. Yeah, absolutely. That's fair. Damn. I hey, the Jamal Hill and Yuri face off at two eighty five when they were standing in the crowd was awesome. <laughs> so I am. I am. Oh, I didn't, I didn't for see that. that. Yeah, they faced off in the crowd. That's gonna be dope. Well, that yeah, was a fun Yuri, ladder. Yuri is taking that belt back from him. Yeah, he is. That was a good he ladder to climb. A legitimate psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> I believe. I don't think you're wrong. Jamal uh, Hill, don't get used to it. Nope. <laughs> nope. And if you do, man, props to you. If he comes so he... over under July 24 for Bo Nickel being 185 champ. Over. Over. Push. Yeah. I think it happens in July. Wow. I think we see him two more times this year. This year and maybe early one more time this year, early next year, and then in July. Okay, July of twenty four. That's the yeah. That's what I said. July of twenty four. Oh, I didn't. That's that's the correct runaway. Yeah, not not July of this year. No, not in four months. No, no, no. Next year, sixteen months. Yeah, I see that. I could see that. IFW twenty twenty four, where we will be. By the way, yes, we've already committed to it. Yeah, we're gonna have a big booth and a venue live show. It'll be slammed. Yep. Uh, we're still having to turn down guests. Brian Campbell won't stop leaving me alone from morning combat. Um, what about Jalen Turner? And... It was a little disappointing for me. Okay, yeah. Mateusz Gamrot, I mean, did He's what a good he fighter. Does. He's a good fighter. He's, He's really good. good. He couldn't keep Jalen Turner down. My my biggest my biggest argument on the scoring of the fight because it was a split decision mm-hmm. is. Mateusz is getting the, the the takedowns, but he's really not doing anything with them. And Jalen is working himself back up to the fence and then getting up. And there were moments where he was really impacting the fight with his striking. Jalen mm-hmm. speaking, more yeah. significant strikes and more strikes to the head. To wait, and, to your point, yeah. So you know, and he knocked him down. Uh, observationally, mm-hmm. my my question would just be. 
are we still just not in alignment with how we're scoring in these fights? It's like, yeah, Mateusz got... I'll answer. No, we're not. <laughs> Mateusz got a whole bunch of takedowns. He did. What was his control time? What did he do with those takedowns in terms of... Control time, six minutes, 52 seconds. Still... Well over a third of the fight, but even still. Even yeah. still, like, it wasn't enough to prevent Jalen from getting back to the feet and then affecting the fight with his overall striking. Now, that may be a biased take for me, being more of a proponent for somebody that wants to see these contests take take place on the feet as opposed to on the ground. Mm-hmm. But if the, the rules state that the number one determining factor for scoring is damage, like if you take somebody down and you don't score any damage... Like that shouldn't have as much dramatic effect. Yeah. And so I for still me, it's feel like it is. So for me, it's twofold. I think they will say it's the determining factor is damage when the UFC needs that particular fighter to win. <laughs> a la Sean O'Malley. <laughs> um, Patty this Patty Pimblet. This should, we, we should note, this was Jalen Turner's biggest step up in competition by far yeah he went up a mile and i don't think his stock dropped as a result of this and i don't think this is the type of loss that really puts him in the sort of like uh, he's not really in the discussion category no i don't think so either it was just such it was such a fun it was still a fun fight and like both of them i think are just at that same level really where they where they're kind of sitting Mm -hmm. they're they're kind of a wall for the prospects and contenders right they're kind of at that that bridge they're sharing that right now yeah uh, but neither one is really sticking out not like shavkat rachmanov <laughs> who so uh, he moves up to six i think that's right for him yeah yeah and shavkat uh, and ian gary are the two are the only two undefeated welterweights right now which is pretty cool i don't know if you know that did, did uh, i didn't know, know that. that but i mean can Ian Gary say that all of his wins have come via finish? I Wait, lost, no, he he who has Hamzat lost to? Oh, uh, Hamzat uh, is not ranked, uh, isn't fighting welterweight anymore, as far as I know. Mm. But maybe I'm missing, maybe I'm just missing that. But anyway. Well, there's a lot of speculation about that, Aaron, to your point, that Hamzat with the weight miss previously is just going to move up to welterweight and fight there. Middleweight, mm. yeah. Middleweight, uh, yeah. Yeah, what I say, Walter Wade. I meant yeah. Walter Wade. Shavkat, um, though, I mean, Shavkat and Jeff Neal, that was a, that was a, it was a fantastic was, fight. That was a violent fight, a violent affair. And, and props to Jeff Neal, right? For, for his level of preparation and, <laughs> and missing weight by four pounds. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, that sucks. But, yeah, but game plan preparation is what I mean specifically. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fortis MMA. Really yeah. good team, yeah, yeah. Really Pro- good team. You could yep. you could hear it throughout the fight. They're like coaching, very poignant, and in what they wanted him to do to affect the fight, and he mm-hmm. did. Like that's the thing is he did. Now the question is whether or not Shavkat's team was also Shavkat is seventeen and zero, so he's also undefeated. Yep. Yes, that's what we said previously. I thought yeah. you said oh. Shop yeah, Shop and Gary? Yep. Yes. Okay, gotcha. 
we're, we're, the question would be whether or not Shavkat's team was prepared for that because there's there's commentary around Shavkat accepting more action from Jeff Neal as opposed to using his movement to affect huh. the fight because he wanted to be able to counter because he knew that he would be able to. You're not supposed to counter Jeff Neal. <laughs> He's hands of steel, Neal. Hands you know, of steel, Neal. No. That, that, that doesn't seem correct, but... I mean, he took some shots from he Jeff did. Neal. Yeah, the, I don't think to take those shots was impressive. For I don't think anyone's plan is to go in there and get hit so you can counter. I think that's something they say after the fact. Yeah, <laughs> but that's hey, I, I, I thought it was cool that uh, even though Jeff Neal missed weight so bad that I still thought it was cool that Dana gave him the bonus anyway. Uh, he he even talked about he knew he missed weight, but he didn't care. It was just too great of a fight. So I think that's cool. Well-deserved, in my opinion. Company man, Dana White. <laughs> yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we had the only underdog who won on the entire card was Alexa Grasso. When she submitted Valentina the Bullet Shevchenko. Yeah. Wow. In the fourth round of their title fight and she did literally it. you're saying just on the main card or every other fight the the favorite one the believe the whole card wow i wonder how many times that's happened anyway i'm sorry keep going yeah i'm still going and it is holding true yep entire card wow yeah i mean the bottom didn't have it but yeah uh but like ryan was saying alexa grasso they watched a ton of fucking tape and they saw Valentina throwing that spinning kick over and over again and knew that if she could slip by it right onto the back, that's exactly what she did. And she did it perfectly. And now we have three Mexican champions in the UFC. And that's awesome. Yeah. And you know, good for Alexa for finishing it because yeah. Right. If you look at the advanced stats, um, or just sort of the stats breakdown. This was probably headed towards a controversial Shevchenko decision. Again. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't feel as confident about her getting it back as I did about Amanda getting it back. I'm in the same place. I really am. This is one of those fights where, like... uh. I don't I think this might be the right look at it like Leon Edwards the one way he was going to win was if he got that one head kick and he watched all the tape and saw the duck and he waited until he got it and he lost the fight up until then but Grasso yeah, kind of but... pieced her up a little bit too mhm and but... well yeah sort of yeah she landed more total strikes, but threw quite a bit more, less significant, way less to the head. Um, so I don't know. It was it was a close fight. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. Anything jumping from you, Ryan, on it? Um, everything you guys said, I I, I tend to agree with. I feel like this may be the tipping point of Valentina's end of prime, right? So to speak. Mm -hmm. She has been dominant in this weight class since they created it, right? Mm -hmm. 
correct me if I'm wrong, but she's been the up until the last fight, she's been the only flyweight champion. That's she's wild. The, right? In the really? history of the UFC. We really? were at the I I may be wrong. History of the women's flyweight championship, but up until that point, we, we were now talking about her going back up to challenge Amanda for double belt status because of how dominant she was. But then we saw over the last fight, uh, last few fights, there was more competition, right? It was starting to catch up, starting to catch uh, up. Yeah. <laughs> Nico Montano, Jesus we Christ. We forgot Nico Montano because she never fucking defended it. She never defended That was an ultimate and fighter. It, and it was only on the ultimate fighter. Oh, yeah. so for inaugural title. Okay, so. She beat I mean, Roxanne Monteferi, friend of the show, to win the belt. Yeah. Okay, so technically she's not the only flyweight champion prior to Alexa Grasso, but. But she, she kind was, of is. She was yeah. the only flyweight champion in reality. Yeah. Thoroughly the only one undisputed. I, I you know, I'm concerned uh, just about like if this was an athletic prime situation or mental preparation, either one. Yeah, it's not hey, great either way. She's it, a, it's hard to it, either one, it's hard to get back. She's a more humble Joanna, potentially. Like maybe this is just that wake up call. Like this are, is you know, we I'm, just I'm, all right, whatever. I'm so, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am know. so tired of hearing about you and your J check. I'm you so wanna, tired of it. You want a champion? You're, you're tired of your I'm so tired of it. You can't even compare. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, look at, look at, uh, look at Shevchenko's fights. Okay. So she lost against Grasso. To your point, she was getting pieced up before she got submitted. It was back and forth, but hands wise, striking, pieced up. Natalia Santos' fight was way more competitive than anybody would have imagined. It was a split decision. Mm-hmm. Lauren Murphy, God bless her. That is, she's just in the flyweight division because she's there and mm-hmm. she's more gritty than everybody else. Jessica Andrade, KO. Mm-hmm. Jessica Andrade can fight at 125 and be competitive, but she's not a 125er. She's 5'1. She's mm-hmm. a 115er. And we're not sure she's competitive at 115 anymore either, but keep going. Depends, right? Yeah. Yeah. Depends. Mm-hmm. Jessica Maya, five minute decision. Okay. That's a ground game specialist as well. So played it out. Caitlin Chukes, right? Blonde fighter. KO. Nope. Round three. Again, that's a Lauren Murphy situation. I'm sorry, but that's what it is. Liz Carmouche, mm-hmm. now a champion in Bellator. But prior to that, long history of head trauma recovery. Most notably, begins getting submitted at 135 uh, by Ronda Rousey. Right? That's a five-minute decision. Props to her for taking it to the distance. Speaking of head trauma. <laughs> Jessica, Jessica I, I. <laughs> Right? Baseball bat to the head. Most notable. Yep. On a lot of promotional videos. Oh, yeah. And then Joanna went up. Remember? Joanna went up. Oh, she's a savior. She's a saint. We love her. And she lost because Joanna should never fight at 125 because she's a twig. And also (laughs) that's after the breast augmentation. 
She had a yep. breast augmentation? Yes, she did. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the point I'm trying to say is like, we, I, I really admire, I really respect Valentina. There is a potential if she gets immediate rematch that she wins. I, I she beat Juliana Pena. I wholeheartedly grant that she could come back and win. But and she beat Holly Holm. The writing is on the wall that she is now not as dominant as she was. And whether that's the competition catching up to her or age or a combination of the both. Yeah, she it's choreographs. Both. She choreographs everything, and people are on to her, and she's slowing down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we talked about it. The tape study. Yeah, and she really had not had a tough fight before Tyler Santos in a long time. And Talia was on her back, like that was she learned get on her back, and that's how you win. That's how Logan Grasso won. She just did it really fast. Hey, props to that. That was is uh, still a a good fight um it was in it was back and forth i think there's gonna be some fun there's gonna be some good drama up at flyweight now uh, and that'll be cool but so we who have is to... going to take the belt from her from alexa Grasso? yeah are we playing the latter no no i think juliana pena could juliana, but... juliana pena fights at 135 Oh, not Pena. I'm sorry. Talia. Uh, Tatiana Suarez. Tatiana has said she's going back down to 115. Aaron Blanchfield. It's Aaron Blanchfield. It's Aaron Blanchfield. Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah. It is uh, Aaron Blanchfield. And then she fights Talia Santos, and that's a pretty competitive fight. Manon. (laughs) It's it's also the co-main on a fight night, but go on. (laughs) Yeah. You bastard. Yeah. or it's the first on a three title fight night or something. It's definitely it not. It it's is. not a co-main. It's, it's the featured bout and not the co-main. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm. I hear you. I, I hear you. I see what. You, I see. Yeah, what, it is what, what it is, saying. man. It, it is, is what right. it is. That's the reality of the situation. <laughs> Aaron is a Aaron is a no nonsense fighter, and while she may fight dominantly, she's not necessarily the biggest personality. I thought Manon would be bigger at this point in time and she's Mm. not and i'm concerned that she's just not who we thought she was in kind of a time where there's not a lot of competition yeah Yeah. like she seems to be going the wrong way i agree with you when she came onto the scene it was like wow she's really aggressive with her kickboxing like look at those front kicks and how she punishes the body and then it just never evolved and if anything she got more reserved she did get more reserved Mm. that's a good point aaron yeah I and think she's being safer. It sucks. Who who wins? Aaron Blanchfield or Aaron from TPNP? Aaron Blanchfield. Hundred <laughs> percent. I completely. Aaron versus Aaron. Not there's not a competition. There's not a competition. Uh, uh. Speaking of not a competition, we have yeah. to talk about the greatest mixed martial artist on earth. John Are Jones. you ready for your time on the carpet, sir? Sure. There was a point on this show where you said you never wanted to see him fight again. Yeah. Am I going to sit here tonight and hold you accountable for that? When on this episode, (laughs) I besmirched the name of the royal family, the country of Wales, and ultimately (laughs) impacting like millions of people if what I'm saying is true. Mm -hmm. But you, sir, 
have some apologizing to do. For what? To John Jones. How dare you say you don't want to fight, see him fight again? He is the very best there ever was. Yeah. By the Grand Canyon. And it's not it, it's not even that close. It's here to Mars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think he actually fights Stipe? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Probably in July. And, and do you he... want to know how that goes? <laughs> very similar. Him. About the same. Maybe Stipe lasts a couple minutes longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, John Jones is great. The greatest. He is the pound for pound greatest, which he yeah. is currently ranked. He is yeah. the greatest 205 and the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. Yeah, very much so true. Very much yeah. so true. That's all I needed. Unfortunately, <laughs> it was boring. <laughs> you think that, that was, was boring? Not that it was boring, but the level I didn't get of to see him do anything. Put up by Cyril Gone was disappointing. It was Gone's yeah. fault. I wouldn't say that it was boring on John's part. He went yeah. after it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was just boring because Gone didn't do anything. Gone didn't do shit. That's nope. the problem. Stipe is going to do something. The problem is Stipe is fucking. Is Stipe forty? Pretty close. John's thirty-five. Right. I think, think Stipe is 38. Or Stipe is 40. Stipe is this, 40. Uh, this, so you know, was John Jones's 16th title fight win. Wild. 19th wild. UFC win. Yeah. I mean, he's he's amazing. Stipe is going to fight him, and that'll be, that'll be great. But, man, he didn't get to see fucking anything. Like, it was just so quick and so easy that it was almost unfair. I didn't necessarily think it was going to go that way. Um, I thought if John won, it was going to be like just a kind of a control sort of five minutes of plotting. That's been his late, his late record has been that. So there is no one on the roster that has a prayer against him. Nope. I don't, I don't a hundred percent disagree, but there are people that pose threats to him. There's hungry people. Sergey yeah. Pavlovich, Sergey and Curtis Blades are the two biggest threats right now. Tom Aspinall is intriguing. I think he's the most intriguing. He's intriguing, but I would need to see him like, coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. So this is my theory on how this plays out okay. for the rest of John's career. So seven more fights on his deal. Which he won't fight. Probably not. No. no, there's there's no way. I, I would bet I would bet real money that he doesn't fight seven more times or six more times. Nope. Even five more times. Mm-hmm. He's gonna fight Stipe. He's gonna beat Stipe more than likely. And then one of two things is going to happen. Either Francis has a boxing match and then the UFC re-signs him and then he fights Francis, which will beat him amazing the biggest fight of all time or john jones retires the greatest mixed martial artist of all time i think john makes quicker work of francis than he did of zero gone i I I would watch it i would pay for it that's the bigger thing and i would pay to watch that yeah that would be a big one he's not gonna fight anybody beyond Stipe that's ranked in the top 10 
Probably not. Unless it's Francis. And, and Jones said he only wants to fight the greatest of all time, which was kind of a, a punch at Francis, right? Because Francis wasn't there. That's why he wants to fight Stipe. He still views Stipe as the greatest heavyweight in UFC history, which is reasonable. He has the most yeah. title defenses of any heavyweight mm-hmm. in UFC history. So John does have to climb that to to get that under his belt. Like, and then he, he can he, say that he's the best. Yeah, and I mean, like, and even still, yes, he has to beat Stipe. I almost would say he has to fight five more times to make it six title defenses in heavyweight because Stipe had five. So Stipe defend one and and won the heavyweight title five times, making him the the winningest heavyweight. The champ. most accomplished, yeah. John has to do that if he really. I mean, he's still goat. He's, he's still not going to do that. But he's not going to do it. If he can, then he should because that'll put no questions at all. That like, pushes him. He's already the best UFC fighter that's ever lived. That pushes He's the him best like mixed martial artist of all time. It pushes him into the like greatest athlete of all time, probably discussion. Greatest combat sports athlete of all time. It definitely sure. combat sports is more appropriate. Yeah. Now, yeah. Does DC you, come out of retirement? Does no. DC? Fat ass no. DC come out of oh, retirement please. to fight him? No, no way. Is DC Tried. making two sixty five? I don't know. <laughs> not not immediately. <laughs> no, he's making he's making DoorDash orders for Popeyes. That's what he's making. No, Popeyes is delicious. The mac and cheese? Are you yeah, kidding me? It's, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we uh should talk about this upcoming card um and make a few quick picks. There's not not too much to talk about, but we'll we'll play the song and talk about the fights. And now it's time for the Pretty Me Podcast Picks. Six, 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 six. Ah, UFC is going to be from the uh, theater at Virgin Hotels, Las Vegas, Las Vegas, which is (laughs) formerly the Hard Rock, which is fucking bullshit because they're not fighting at the apex because of goddamn power slap. Oh, yeah. Power slap is is exactly why, because power slap is going to be in the apex and they are moving the UFC to the Virgin Hotel. Never stop, Dana White. Wow, oh, that's incredible. That's they can probably incredible. fit more fans at the Virgin Hotel. Probably. No, that's the that's the upside is that you have live crowd, live gate. Yeah. Oh wait, what is this? Uh, never mind. Uh, for some reason, I had thought something. I saw a thing that like Chris Butino was going to be on Tough this year, and he definitely isn't. Oh, he's not on the cast. Which oh, he should know my beating heart. Um, it would only be appropriate if Chris Moutinho was on the cast of UFC if one of the coaches was Sean O'Malley. That would be so <laughs> funny. That'd be so good. Um, let's see. Kicking it off, Carlson Harris versus Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Uh, the only thing surprising about that one is that a Nurmagomedov is an underdog. Which Are is you crazy. skipping the prelims? This no, is we're the prelims. on the prelims. Yeah. Right. Uh, Tyson Nam. Yeah. No, ESPN doesn't have that Nurmagomedov. Oh shit! Weird. Maybe Weird. they don't have it yet. Uh, hmm, Tyson weird. Nam, Bruno Silva, Victor Henry, Tony Gravely. I mean, really, it doesn't get interesting till Ariane Lipsky and JJ Aldrich. Yeah, and that's not interesting at all, and we know that. So I don't like when you say it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's only because Lipsky's on the list. 
Yeah, right. Mario, but yeah, uh, Mario, but Mario Batista. Come on, yeah, yes, she's on the list. Are you nuts? You're a maniac. You kidding Uh, me? Guido Canetti. Come on, that's gonna be okay. Guido Uh, Canetti, if I'm not mistaken, is like 40 fucking years old. Yeah, didn't he lose to Patty? Is did he? He lost to to somebody. He lost to somebody on the rise. Uh, remember when he beat Randy Costa? Uh, he beat Chris Moutinho. Hey, look at that. Good God. Chris Moutinho lives. <laughs> uh, Martinez. Okay. Jeez. Oh, Cheeto beat him a long time ago. Okay. So, never mind. Uh, but that'll be a fun fisticuffs because Mario de Batista brings it. Cedrique's Dumas, Josh Fremd, no Josh, idea. Josh, your friend. <laughs> what? You're uh, welcome. But yo, Rafael Asensio and Davy Grant, dude, Rafael Asensio <laughs> was a former bantamweight champion. Yeah, and now he's gonna get knocked out by Davy Grant. Yes, he is. <laughs> Davy Grant has knocked out what three of his last four with like the same combo. <laughs> Um, he's he a trip. Has, well, his last three of his last his last three wins have been knockouts, but he lost to Yanez and Cheetah. Mm, got it. Okay, yeah, he's he's a fun one to watch. He he bangs hard, and I feel bad because I think Rafael Sanzao is in it for a repeat of when he fought Cody Carbrandt. Yeah, I think he's just gonna get laid out. Uh, Carl Williams, Lucas Brzezgi, meh. Oh, geez. Then we get into the main card. Vitor Petrino, Anton Turkalj, Sure. Saeed Nurmagomedov and Jonathan Martinez at Bantamweight. That's probably Now, this is the Nurmagomedov who is not related to Khabib. Correct. It is like it is his cousin or something like that. Well. The other one, the first one on the card, Mm -hmm. Abubakar, he's not related to Khabib. And Whatever. I'm pretty sure Saeed is his cousin. Or no, okay. Saeed's not either. Um, Umar's his cousin. Uh, Ricardo Hamos, Austin Lingo. Cool. And then the rebooking of Nikita Krylov and Ryan Superman Span, which got canceled. Uh, the Moonies Allen fight. We've already had comments on that. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Then we get into the co-main and mains. Co-main, I love this fight at heavyweight. Number eight, Alexander Volkov, and number thirteen, Alexander Romanov, and it's Russia and Moldova. Someone's going to sleep. I have a feeling that it's going to be Volkov because he waits a little too long. He's more of a kickboxer, but Alexander Romanov is a monster. He's a monster. This I agree sh- with I agree with all of that. This Give me be... the Moldovan. Yeah. Give me 100%. the Alexander with only one E in this fight. Yep. By <laughs> vicious takedown and ground and pound. Yep. This is a shawarma. <sighs> and then you get our bantamweight, a top contender spot to see who's going to be fighting against either Aljamain or Sugar Sean. It's Piotr Jan and Marab. Devalish Feely, which still sounds like a delicious Greek food. <laughs> Give me the Marab. 
I'll take um, Marab. I'm going to take Marab. I am too. Um, Love him at plus not, 210 as well. Yeah, not just the dish. Mm-hmm. But give me the Marab for the win. Yeah, plus 210 is not bad at all for Marab. Just going to... He's, uh, he's susceptible in the, in the first round for, mm-hmm. for, a, for a KO. But to his credit, or to his advantage, I should say, Peter Piotr Jan is more known for downloading people in the first round and then pressing the attack in the later rounds. So that all plays to Marab's strengths. Yeah. yeah. And Marab trains with the Funk Master, Aljamain Sterling, too, who knows how to beat Piotr Jan. Huh. Get on him and hold him. And and Marab is really freaking good at that. So I am, yep, Marab. I got Marab this Saturday. Gentlemen, the week has come to an end for the Pretty Neat Podcast. Uh, I guess I should take this opportunity to remind the fellowship, that being our listeners, listen, share, listen, tell friends, go to theprettyneatpodcast.com, hit the mailbag, and say, hey, I'm down. We'll chat. Uh, how do we close the show tonight? <laughs> uh, I'm always curious what might pop up as a show closer. Hmm. James Hewitt, 2024. <laughs> 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 uh, I think we, we could rephrase that. How about uh the the what what can we say like the deepest mystery of Wales? <laughs> the best kept secret of Wales, James Hewitt, twenty twenty four. Hey, you know why I love hey. MMA so much? It's pretty neat. That is hundred percent true, but it's also because it brings us together. It, it, you know what? <laughs> Violence really does bring people together. Yeah.